This message was recorded live at Elevate Church in Erie, Pennsylvania. As followers of Christ, we follow a God who was crucified, dead, buried, got up, walked out of the tomb, demonstrating that there's nothing that you and I can't walk out of. He doesn't love me based on my performance. God loves me based on my position. It matters so much that we imitate Christ and we live out those principles. There's nothing that you could do. There's, there's no great sin that you could have ever committed that would be a barrier between you and Jesus. To learn more about Elevate, how you can get connected, or how you can support the work that Elevate is doing in Erie, visit elevatechurch.com. Good morning, everyone. Hey, you know what? This uh, is a, an incredible honor to, to be here. I said that last week, but I love coming to this church I love being able to share God's word and what he's doing. My name's Andy, uh, and I work at the Erie City Mission. I'm the chaplain there. Uh, this is my, coming up on my fifth year at the Erie City Mission. I love it there. If you don't know anything about the Erie City Mission and would like to know, uh, feel free to give us a call, show on up, and we'll give you a tour, tell you all the stuff that we're doing uh, to watch people's lives transform and change. From where they were to where God is taking them is an incredible journey to be a part of, and I'm grateful for that. You know, all of us are on this journey as well. All of us come to this place on a journey that God has us on, and maybe you're here tonight and you've walked in the doors, and right now things don't feel like a journey, like you're going anywhere. Maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you feel like, I I don't know if there's a purpose to this. Maybe you've come in. Maybe you're at the top. Maybe you're on the mountaintop right now. That that God has you just experiencing that joy and peace in your life. That's awesome. But some people have come in uh, tonight. And and in the journey of life, I kind of look at this as a race. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Because this song, wasn't that an awesome song? Didn't the band do? How about a round of applause for these guys? Amazing. Amazing. It's about don't give up, and and, and some of you have come in the doors tonight, and you're ready to give up, and and maybe you're thinking, man, I don't know how much more of this I can take, and maybe not. Maybe you're on the mountaintop, and you're feeling great, and my encouragement to you is to look around, to find out who you can encourage, because we were never meant to run this race alone. This is not a marathon that we are doing by ourselves. That is why we do church, right? That's why we come in here together, worship together, because this is a journey that we're running together. This is a race that we were never meant meant to run alone. It, It wasn't meant for us to do that. When I was in high school, the best races that we won, in, in, in my mind, were always the relay races because we got to celebrate together when we won. And when we didn't do so well, we got to commiserate together. And so when you come to church, remember that you are running this race. So we're going to look at a passage, one of my favorite passages, and I think I said that about the scripture last week. So when I talk about the Bible, all the passages are my favorite. But this one is a particularly favorite, uh, Hebrews chapter 12. So if you have a Bible app, you can go there. If you have a Bible, you can flip there. If you don't, no problem. It will be up here on the screen. This is a race that it says that we are running together that's marked out for us. And and I want to tell you a little story before we get to it. So here's the thing. Life is crazy, isn't it? Some of the things that we experience in life just 
take us off guard. We, we don't know why they happen. I'm going to tell you a story. One time, my wife and I do these things called story and a point. And recently, I did one on this story. My wife and I were down in Virginia Beach. I had to do this wedding in Virginia Beach. You know, so, you know, I'm a servant. Servant's heart. I have to go to Virginia Beach to perform this wedding. Once the wedding was over, reception, we thought, why not, since we're here, enjoy the beach? And so we were on our way to the beach, six lanes of traffic. We're in the middle lane going towards the beach, bumper to bumper, at a stoplight, packed, the whole place, just the whole road, six lanes. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this couple, like, there's no, there's no place to cross, but they're coming, they're making their way through traffic. And I see them. I'm like, you can't see my eyes, but I'm looking this way. And I'm looking over at them, and I'm following them, and they're coming through traffic towards my car. And they're like beautifully dressed in like what I assume is authentic uh, Indian clothing from like India. And, and it was just really great looking couple. And they're coming. They're coming towards my car. Like bumper to bumper. I'm like, oh. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hey. We need a ride. Now, I don't know. Why me? Hundreds, maybe thousands of cars. Why my car? Maybe they knew. Maybe they knew that I love picking up hitchhikers. <laughs> I love it. It is, I love it so much fun. Now, I don't do it with my wife in the car usually, ever. Um, but I looked over at her and I thought, eh. she was like, well, okay. They seem nice, right? <laughs> Famous last words. No, they were nice. Um, See, I don't know, they, maybe they knew. One time I picked up this guy out on 79, head to toe, black leather with a big spike collar and a duffel bag the size of a human being. <laughs> ah, come on in. What do you got in the bag? That's me. So they get in and we're driving and, and uh, really you know, heavy accent. And I think, oh, uh, where are you guys from? Baltimore. Oh, okay. Also what I wasn't expecting, right? And as I'm... Driving down the road, they said, our hotel's just up here on the right. And we pull in, and, and uh, just before they get out, I said, oh, by the way, wh what are your names? Oh, and he said, oh, my name is Andy, and this is my wife, Jenny. <laughs> oh, what? What? I was like, because my name is Andy, and this is my wife, Jenny. That's it. That's, I was like, oh my gosh. And we just stared at each other for, I don't know, it seemed like 10 minutes or something. We were like, what is happening right now? And then they got out. And we just pulled off to the side and Jen and I stared at each other for a while. Just like, what is that all? What? Is, what? What? That doesn't make it. Why my car? Why traffic? Why? Why this? Why that? Did you ever feel like God just does something? To, just to mess with you? <laughs> so I prayed, Jesus, what, what was that about? Nothing. I never got an answer. I never learned a big lesson. I never got nothing. Nothing. Just do it to freak you out a little bit. See what happens. <laughs> Watch this. Andy and Jenny from Baltimore. <laughs> 
Life's weird. Life is so crazy. Things happen in life that we don't understand sometimes. I mean, from beginning to end. Listen, if your life is boring, it's your fault. Life's crazy. I mean, think how it starts. That's weird. <laughs> Maybe not in church. Don't think about that. The whole thing. See, listen, what we do in church, this is, a, this is a hospital for sinners. This is not a country club for saints. We're all broken. We're all a mess. We're all trying to run this race. And the scripture says that it, run it with perseverance. How do we do that? We need to do it together. And so listen to what it says. The author of Hebrews chapter 12 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for you, for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Listen, run with perseverance. Do not give up. And I don't know where you're at in your race, but we're all in this moment together today. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. If you are growing weary, consider what Christ has gone through so that we could continue to take his example. There are so many things that if you were to run this race with perseverance that hinder us and entangle us. So what are the things that are dragging you down? Think about a race. If you were to go and run a race and all you had was all of your baggage, all of your luggage that you pack on vacation. And I know how some of you pack for vacation. You might have one or two extra things that you don't need. Right? And we're trying to drag this with us in this race. And so I'm going to use an acronym, or an acrostic, if you will, PAST, P-A-S-T. So if you're a note taker, you can write that down. To drop your past and pick up your purpose in this race so that you can run with endurance and perseverance. To drop your past. See, we all have a past. We all have baggage that we carry around. And today, some of you have come in this place with all of your baggage with you. And maybe today is the day that you get to leave it here and drop it at the foot of the cross. I have baggage. Listen, you know, I always talk about the fact that I struggle. I, almost every time I'm talking about I struggle with attention deficit. I'm going to give you a recent story just so you understand that it's a real thing. This is a few weeks ago. Okay. I met this business guy, I do these things, lunch and learns, I met this guy, he owns two houses, I want to do business with a guy that owns two houses, okay? So we're talking and we set up a meeting and uh, we go to meet, we're going to meet at the Tap House on 4th Street at 9pm, excellent, I will see you there. And I drive down in my Ford pickup truck and I go down and I park on the street and the street's tilted just a little bit this way and when I get out I realize that I, my tools are in the back of my truck. I'm like, oh, man. And I, this gentleman's walking past the truck. And it made me think, oh, man, somebody might see my tools and take them. So I put them in my truck, and I think I better lock my truck. But I don't want this, 
I don't want this guy to think I went back to my truck to lock it because he was walking past my truck because that's weird, right? So I get in my truck and I turn it on. I, pre- I pretend like I'm doing something else, right? I'm organizing things in my cab. Just me, nope. And then um, I, I get my phone and my book and I, I step out and I set it here and the door shuts. And it's, it's running. And it's, it's, nine, it's 9 p.m. I'm supposed to meet my potential client. And it's, and it's running. It's running and I need to meet that guy and it's locked and it's running. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do, huh? What do you do? You go to the meeting and leave it run. But you probably put enough gas in your truck, didn't you? My needle's near empty, and I'm like, I, I don't want to, so I go. I have the meeting. Great meeting. Nice guy. Awesome. That We're not doing business together, but <laughs> great guy. Loves Jesus. We had a great meeting. And I'm thinking, I should go. <laughs> I better, you know, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything about my truck. I go back out. It's still running. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Okay. How am I going to get in? I don't, it's, not, it's now 1030. I don't know what to do. I don't have, I could go to the, oh, I could go to the clothing closet that I run that has hangers in it, <laughs> but my keys are locked in the truck. I'll just go to the mission, seven blocks, 11th street. I can get there. It's a nice evening. I'll just, just get on the jog and I went, got in, got in, Carlos is working second shift, <laughs> Carlos, <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, um, I need a hanger, <laughs> Pastor Andy, why do you need a hanger at 1030 at night, <laughs> I locked my keys in my truck and it's running, do you have a hanger, <laughs> you just, <clears throat> attention Erie City Mission, Pastor Andy has locked his keys in his car and needs a hanger. Four guys come out of their dorm, they come down, and they're all laughing, and they all have a hanger in their hand. <laughs> and I get the hanger, thank you very much, try to stay incognito, but no, that didn't work. Go down, go back to my truck. I was like, I gotta unlock the truck. Is this too long of a story? Great, okay. So, I, what do I do with the stuff in my hand as I unlock the truck? I will set it, but I don't wanna set it. I know me, I'll forget it, and it'll fall off. I'll set it on the hood, so that I'll see it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I unlock the truck, put the hanger in the back of the truck for later, okay? Uh, get in the truck, drive away. I get three blocks upstate, I'm like, ah, this stuff is gone! And I didn't grab it, as I try to drive, and I go around, and there's like construction and a one-way, and I can't get back. It takes me 10 minutes to get back, and it's not there. Oh my God. My phone, my stuff. This is real, folks. I'm just trying to, I'm opening a window. I'm letting you in, okay? This is my life sometimes. I don't know where it is. I, I park the truck. I leave it unlocked. I go up the street. I find it. It's in the middle. Cars are driving by. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my phone is flat. I run out to it. It's a good. It's okay. It's okay. I still haven't got gas. I go back to my truck, get it, I, got, I go to get gas and I drive home. My, my wife says, how was your meeting? Good. <laughs> good. That's good. Great. 
Listen, I don't know what your baggage is. That's mine. That's what it looks like sometimes at night when my medication wears off. That's what it looks like. But I don't know what yours is. But we all have it and we drag it with us. And today, maybe today in this race, you realize I need to drop that. So drop your past. The first one, P, letter P, is your past mistakes and resentments. That if you're going to run this race with endurance and perseverance, then that stuff will eat you alive and you need to drop your mistakes. You can't change the past. You just need to let it go and to forgive. And sometimes I know that some of you have been through some stuff that I can't imagine that people wouldn't even believe if they heard it. But listen, no matter how bad that is, whatever that is or whoever that is that did whatever that is to you to hurt you at at a deep, deep level will continue to control you until you forgive. Unforgiveness, holding on to unforgiveness is said to be like drinking poison expecting the other person to die. And so often we just let those things fester. Matthew 18, the guy is comes to the king, and the king wants to settle his debts, and he owes 10,000 talents, right? Anybody remember this story? And uh, he begs the king to give him some time to pay it back. The thing is that that debt is like billions of dollars, the equivalent. He's never going to pay it back. And so the king forgives it. And he goes on his way, and what does he do? In the story of Matthew 18, he finds somebody that owes him the equivalent of like a 1,000 bucks. And he chokes him and has him thrown in prison until he pays back the whole amount. That's how he responds to the king's forgiveness of his unpayable debt that was canceled. Would you respond that way? Is that what you would do? Why does he do that? Do you ever think about why would he respond that way having been forgiven for so much? I think that he did not accept the forgiveness of the king. I think he's still trying to pay the king back. And so often we're, we're trying to pay a debt that we can't pay back instead of accepting the free gift of forgiveness that is offered through the work of Christ on the cross and his death and resurrection for us. That he has wiped the slate clean and that forgiveness is offered to us. We don't have to pay him back. We can never pay him back. We just need to embrace the grace and the forgiveness that he offers. Listen, let those things go. You can't change the past to let it go and to move forward. That's why the windshield in the car is big and the rear view is small, right? If you stare in the rear view mirror while you're driving, you're gonna go off the road. The rear view mirror is to check behind you to see where you've been, but to look forward to see where God is taking you. A is assigning blame. Some of you have got to stop assigning blame. Sometimes brutal honesty helps to clarify the reality for us. Listen, some things are not as bad as we made them out to be. And some things are are worse than we're seeing them. But we need to see them for what they really are. To stop assigning blame. You know what the, in the common, there's a common denominator in all of my problems in my life. That's me. That's me. I am there. I was there in every single situation. All through my life. 
I might have a part to play in it. I might be responsible for some of it. And to ask yourself, what is my role in this? I went to Philadelphia not too long ago for this conference. It was, a, it was called um, the Crucial Conversations. It was a great conference, right in the heart of Philadelphia. How many people have been to Philadelphia? Great city. Down in Center City. I mean, beautiful. They wanted me to stay at this hotel, $279 a night. That was their special rate. Okay? So, no, no. I'm not paying your special rate. I'm doing Airbnb. Anybody do Airbnb? Yeah, that's awesome. That's where you stay in some stranger's house in the middle of Philadelphia that you've never met. And I did Airbnb. It got an awesome price. I stayed with this Bulgarian lady, very nice lady. She also had another Airbnb guy there. He was a doctor. He was from Iraq, but he was living in Toronto, but he was doing his residency in Philadelphia, right? And he was leaving the next day, so they're having a going away party for him. So the lady from Bulgaria invited her friend from Latvia, and we got uh, we got into a cab with an Indian guy. We went to a Chinese restaurant to celebrate. It was the most multicultural experience I've ever had. <laughs> but that, that, that doesn't have anything to do with what I wanted to say. So in the conference, as part of the training in a crucial conversation or a tense situation in life, to begin to ask yourself, what am I pretending not to notice about my role in the problem? What am I pretending not to notice about my role in the problem? To stop assigning blame. See, it, the problems in our life may not be all our fault. Some of the problems may not be our fault at all, but it is 100% our responsibility to do something about where we are. Drop your past mistakes and resentments. Stop assigning blame. Letter S, stupid people. Now, do I really think that there are stupid people in the world? Yes, I do. <laughs> now, everybody is, everybody is created in the image of God. Everybody has equal value. We're all uh, loved by God, thank goodness, unconditionally, no matter who we are or what we've done. But you are, you are letting people in your life that are, you're giving them a say in your life. You're inviting them into your inner circle and allowing them to influence you. That you've allowed them into that inner circle. Jim Rohn says you are the average of the five closest people in your life. And maybe we need to do an audit of who we're allowing into our inner circle. John Maxwell would say that your inner circle, those closest to you, determine the level of your success. See, we are allowing sometimes people, and you know, some of those people you might have been born with. Ooh, that's awkward. Some of those people, we, we have been in relationship for a long time, but we're giving them say and influence in our life when they shouldn't have it because their influence is destructive. And so maybe a practical step for this sermon today is to go home, call them and say, hey, um, I gotta kick you out of my circle. It's true. Blame it on me. I'm sorry, the pastor said you're a stupid person. 
That's not nice. Don't do that. Don't blame it on me. Who are we allowing to influence us? Letter T, a time suckers. What is sucking up your time and making life suck? What, what are the things that you are doing that you, if you stop doing them, listen, listen, this thing is not your problem, okay? This is not your problem. This, it's not. Oh, Facebook, ah, people, like, what is, they, they get upset about Facebook, but where do they talk about it? Facebook? <laughs> Facebook takes up so much time. And I'm going to post this on Facebook. Can't believe it. Why? It's, this is not your problem. It's how we use it. This is neutral. It's like a hammer. It's just a tool. How are you using it? Listen, if you are 18 to 24, you're looking at your phone 70 times a day. If you are uh, 24 to 34, 50 times a day. If you are 34 to 44, 35 times a day, you look at this. If you're over 44, your phone may still be attached to a wall. <laughs> I'm 45. Listen, there are distractions in this life. There are things that are trying to drag us off of this journey, this race. But it matters. We get one shot at this life. This is the one that God has created. It matters what we do. It matters the time that we have. What are you doing with your time? How are you running this race? Are you dropping the baggage that is slowing you down? Listen, if you're a complainer and you are upset that things aren't happening in your life, then maybe 14 episodes of Game of Thrones Shouldn't happen on every Saturday. Well, it's quiet in here. <laughs> I'm not even saying that a little Netflix binging is not a bad thing. Maybe Game of Thrones every other week. I don't know what your schedule is. But listen, what are the things and how do you prioritize what's really important so that this race, the only one that you have, is the best race you can run? to realize that the grace of God meets you right where you're at today. That you don't have to beat yourself up about the things that you didn't do, but today I'm gonna make a decision, I'm gonna change, I'm gonna start dropping some of this baggage and, and run the race that you were intended to run. To let go of some of those things that hinder you and some of those things that entangle you. See, in the, in the 80s, I used to run track and our, our outfits were really small. But the Greeks ran with less clothing. <laughs> they ran naked. I don't know if you got that. They ran naked. That's it. So this, this, this author is bringing to mind a Greek runner. That is, light, that is as light as you can go in the race. You can't drop anything else. Everything else is gone. What are the things that are essential to drop and what do you need to pick up? in this race to drop your past and pick up your purpose. Where are you going? How are you running? It matters how we run. Can you imagine a race that has no finish line and no boundaries? You're just running anywhere. And there's so many people in this world right now just running, 
running anywhere they can, many people just running scared, running from situations, running because they don't know what to do. But God has created you on purpose for a purpose. He's made you to run a particular race that he has marked out for you. So the author says to fix your eyes on Jesus and to run this race that's marked out for us. That you have a purpose. That in this journey as believers, we have been called to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, and to go and make disciples. That's the mission. That's how we run. That's where we run. And so whatever you're doing, whether it's construction or teaching or business or whatever it is, raising a family, that we, no matter what it is, are to love God and love our neighbor and make disciples. I think the specifics will come in the journey as we figure it out. But until we figure out the specific purposes to love God, to love our neighbor, and to make disciples, to pick up your purpose and run with everything that's in us. Because I know that you want to hear those words at the end of your race as you cross that finish line and fall into the arms of Jesus and on judgment day stand there covered by the blood of Christ. And as he looks at you and makes eye contact and says, well done, good and faithful servant. And my prayer for you and for this church, and I know that it's with everything that's in you, you guys are going after what it means to take the gospel of hope to a world that's hurting. And I'm grateful to partner with you in our organization with your organization. But to make Christ known and to get to know him in this journey. So let's bow our heads as we pray. If you're here tonight, and maybe there's some things that you need to drop. That God's been speaking to you that you've been dragging and carrying stuff and, and the load is too heavy and he wants you to unload that. If that's you tonight and you need to just talk to Jesus tonight and, and lay those things at the foot of the cross and have him take your burdens from you. If that's you tonight, would you just put your hand up? Amen. Awesome. Awesome. And maybe tonight for the very first time, you, you haven't even started in this race to, to surrender your life, to fix your eyes on Jesus, and today you want to begin that journey with him. You've never surrendered your life to Christ, and you want to do that tonight. Would you just put your hand up? Awesome. Praise the Lord. Jesus, as we come to you tonight and wrestle with this difficult journey, the, the, the highs and lows, the, the joys and in, in the concerns and the struggles, that we know that we can endure and run with perseverance when we surrender the race to you, when we run with your strength instead of ours, because when we are weak, then we are strong in you. So for those just starting this race and surrendering their hearts and their lives over to you, God, we rejoice, as we know all of heaven does in this moment. And for those that are casting many burdens and struggles and unforgiveness over to you tonight, God, meet them where they're at. May they sense your presence, that they have your victory over these struggles. And may their journey become that much lighter tonight, that they feel like now they can run 
And God, may you get all the credit in Jesus' name. Amen. We are always encouraged to know that God is using Elevate to bless people's lives. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, share your story online at elevatechurch.com.